Welcome to MPO Sports Podcast. Myself and the lads are here again, fresh after I was knighted, coaching my first um, competitive <laughs> game of um, the World Game, winning 3-0. What a coach, what a manager. Anyway, I will now be known as Sir Tim. Um, up there with some of the greats like Sir Alex Ferguson. Anyway, how are you, lads? <clears throat> Good, Tim. Um, you, you just uh, just uh, get him into ways now that you've won 3 0. Well, I'm just awaiting the offers. Um, I'm sure there'll be an A League team or two that will probably need to get rid of a. Um, Let's ex- a explain to the list. Explain to the list is not what you're getting at here. Um, so. Bit of context. Well, context. I, I, I'm normally known as an assistant in the world of junior football or soccer, and I usually run the whiteboard and do the interchanges for the coach. Unfortunately, the Ballarat Soccer Club under 11 red coach went down with um, COVID, and I had to stand up and be the main man on the Saturday, and it's quite a challenge. Um when you're dealing with no offside rule and you have other coaches plant kids in front of your goalkeeper to try and poach goals. Quite a challenge. What kind of coach would you say you are? Are you, um, are you not afraid to tell a few home truths to these uh, under-11s? And, and the parents. And the parents. And the not parents afraid, not well. afraid to tell the parents that they didn't breed a good enough player. Or, um, <laughs> or, or quite happy to um, let them know to shut up. I'm coaching, not you. No, there's no softly, softly approach with Tim's hands. You're just going to uh, just go, uh, not beat around the bush and uh, just tell them how it is in the under 11s. Yeah, no, just tell them how it is. Um, had a bit of controversy. My own son had to sacrifice his game and man up the person that was ready to poach goals. Um, and that, but he did go off late in the game with a sore bit of back soreness, so he'll be off to the physio before next week's game. Uh, um, do, do, do you think he was going off back soreness, maybe just maybe to avoid having to man up the oh, no, the no, he, he, he was quite patient and he actually did it on his own cord because I say to the young lads that defend, and my son's the right back, I sort of say to him, You've got to be goal side of the closest opposition player at all times and um in maybe drilling that message into the lads when a couple of kids snuck past them one of the mums sort of yeah anyway sort of felt that um their son might have been targeted which is not correct it was the whole three defenders it's just a controversy junior sport and um they're just lucky i'm not a not a, a hybrid of um Sir Alex Ferguson and jo- Jose Mourinho, because um, they may have copped it. Like like Alistair Clarkson does on the t- sidelines of junior footy games. Oh, well, you know. And how are you, Woody, anyway? No, I'm not. I was just uh, enthralled <clears throat> by, um, mm. by uh, I'm just the, the greatness, really. I think that's well, really the only way to describe it. What I did was I shut down the opposition and then we just killed them on the counter. And uh, the, the, the take-no-prisoners approach in under-11s, just, uh, it's, hmm. an effective, it's an effective tool. It, well, it instills grit, true grit, in fact, and it sets them up for life. So when they, when, on, the, on their most important days of adult lives, I'll remember the day Tim Sands or Sir Tim coached them. Oh, a bit of tough love. Tough love, yeah, wrapped up with um, some education along the way, and all was good. But anyway, let's move on. Um, I'm sure the listeners um, will probably want to watch my up-and-coming YouTube channel on the fine arts of the world game, which will be released at some stage, I'm sure. And um, I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, Eric uh, Tenhag might even utilise it as a um, resource, but we'll just wait. Well, it would be see. crazy not to. Well, this is it. I just hope the translation from Australian English to German English, uh, sorry, Dutch English, I should say, um, actually is coherent. But moving forward, uh, there's been a bit on in sport. In fact, there was a UFC pay-per-view in which was the rematch of um, Pena versus Nunes, and it probably went the way most thought the first fight would go, which before I hand over Woody, I'd just like to say that... uh, I'm not the least bit impressed with Nunes' attitude post-fight, um, saying that you know she didn't finish Pena deliberately, 
and you know she wanted to school her and whatnot like that it's like grow up it's martial arts let's be brutally honest i'm sure um nunez has a bit of a headache and she had quite a nice shiner herself so it wasn't you know completely um a whitewash um, what are your thoughts woody um yeah i don't I understand to a degree why fighters come out and say that because a lot of the bigger the bigger fan base of UFC now are just your bogans and rednecks and they actually like hearing that sort of stuff, um, which is a shame that it's taken over that way because um, us, us more purists don't really care for that stuff. Um, just get in there and you got beat last time, so it's one and one. Um and that's it. That just show a little bit of respect. Um, but yeah, that being said, Nunez did definitely put on a clinic. This is the this is as, as you said. This is probably the way we expected the first fight to go. And I reckon um, Nunez underestimated um, Penna the first time, um, and she made those adjustments this time. But um, yeah, there's no need for. For her saying what she did um, in the post-match. Yeah, and look, too quickly do we step away from the fact it's actually martial arts. So, you know, it's sort of that sort of thing. Start bloody uh, respecting the traditions a little bit. It's also respect for yourself, isn't it? Yeah, look, if you want to come out and look like a moron, go ahead, do it, I guess. Um, which is, But unfortunately, that's what sells. Yeah, true it is. It is now um, one of the, um, you know, pundits slash fighters in the UFC, Anthony Smith, had a fight in which he got stopped again. Is it time for him to maybe just stick to the uh, media side of things? Yeah, I think I actually don't mind him as an analyst. Um, and he's got uh, a podcast with, I can't remember who it is, um, Josh Thompson maybe. Um, I think that's wrong, actually. But anyway, um, yeah, he's actually not a bad analyst. Um, but I think, yeah, his best is definitely, definitely behind him now. So oh, he just on, sorry, just on the podcast. I think he does one with, um, or is it Big John McCarthy? No, 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 no. I reckon I heard him. I think I follow it. He does one with um, Bisping, doesn't he? Uh, actually, yes, yes, it is Bisping. Yeah, he's he's jumped on board Bisping's one. That's right, um, which is actually one of my favourites. Um, and there's two guys. Believe that you pretty, me, pretty spot on with it too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's honestly probably my second favourite MMA podcast behind Chael Sonnen's. Um, but yeah, he's just he's he's had um, a few losses recently in his last um, seven fights. Uh, sorry, his last eight fights, he's four and four. Um, and he's, he's taken been some, stopped. In those lo losses, he's taken some serious damage. Yeah, he has. We're going back to his um, title fight with John Jones, which he did go the distance, <laughs> but um, he did cop a beating. Um, let's not make any mistake about that. Then he got knocked out by Teixeira as well. He took a bit of a beating about <laughs> Rakic, and now he's been... Um, knocked out here again. Um, so yeah, I hope for his sake, um, he hangs him up. Oh, incidentally, a bit of a tidbit there was a bit of footage on um, social media of the pay per view, and in the crowd was the Volk and the moron known as Izzy. And they were yep. drink, they were having a drink, and I think they're sitting next to each other actually. And um, all I can say is not only do I believe the Volk is the better champion, he's also the better scholar of alcohol. Oh, well, he's just, just better all around, really, isn't he? Um, ah, decent bloke, the too. Less, the, the less we talk about Izzy, the happier I'll be. And just, um, just frankly, just before you go on, you did mention a guy that would absolutely carve Izzy up and destroy him in John Jones. Anyway, just for the record. Well, yeah, that unfortunately won't happen, but... Um, just uh, one one guy that I want to talk about um, who was actually on the prelims. Um, he's been around a long time, but I'm, I don't reckon a lot of people have really heard of him, and that's Drew Dober. 
Um, if you get a chance to, and if we find it, I'll put it up on our social media pages. But he stopped Rafael Alves with just a brutal body punch. It was just beautiful to watch. Um, yeah, just stood in front of him, hit him straight to the liver, and Alves just dropped straight to the ground. It was it was very very impressive. Um, <clears throat> And hopefully people will start to take a bit of notice of Drew Dober. Um, he's been fighting in the UFC about eight years. Um, but yeah, he doesn't doesn't get many main card opportunities. Uh, before, before we move on um, from the UFC, uh, just a quick one. Um, are a lot of the so-called experts on social media underestimating um, Izzy's next opponent, who has finished him once and beaten him um, unanimously before in kickboxing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think they are, but I, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to that because there are just a lot of easy dick riders out there. Mm. Um, so, uh, and, and look, in, in, in the fights that they had in kickboxing, Izzy landed a couple of punches and, you know, got um, Pereira's attention. So they're saying, oh, well, if he could rock him with eight-ounce gloves, he'll definitely be able to finish him with four-ounce gloves, but... Um, let's not forget that Pereira actually did finish Izzy with eight ounce gloves. So and did win a unanimous if we're using, decision. That's well. right. So if we are, if we're using the same logic, then um, Izzy's in bigger trouble. I would have thought. Yeah, and look, the the one thing he, he, Perez doesn't have to worry about is um, it going to the ground. So it probably even no, that's, right. another and that, that's the thing too. A lot of people say to you, "Oh, well, this is MMA; it's different." Um, let's be honest; it's just going to be another kickboxing fight between these two, isn't it? Correct. I don't think either of them is going to have any interest in a takedown or any wrestling or grappling of any sort. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to um, the EPL, and I'll leave it with you two guys to start the conversation because I do have my daughter trying to ring me, and um, <laughs> yeah. But um, we were going to discuss either our vision for the top four or we might just d- debate Liverpool or City to win it. So I'll leave it in your capable hands for 30 seconds while I make this call. All right. Well, um, you, uh, you might call it a cop-out, but I think whenever City win it now, it's like, well, so you should. Yeah. Is it – I agree with that, but when you – spending that much money and whatever, but is it really as simple as Liverpool or City? Because yeah, I think Chelsea Chelsea are always going to be somewhere around the mark, aren't they? Yeah, um, and you look at you look at look at what Arsenal have brought in this year as well. They've bolstered their squad. Oh, uh, I don't think I don't I think don't they're going to be challenging for a title. But I mean, they, they might think, put themselves I don't think in the top four mix. Jesus doesn't have me shaking in my boots. Oh, yeah, no, but they're going to be better than last year. Manchester United um, will be interesting to see how they go in a new... Um, I think you're, uh, I think you're under- underselling the additions that Tottenham have made to their squad. Well, I was, I was getting to them, and not only just the additions. Um, they were definitely a much better much improved side under Conte when he did come in, didn't, weren't they? And that I was think, expected. Conte's a oh, it was, but very, I think, very decent coach. I think I read somewhere too, um, after Conte took over, um, if, the, if the table had a reset then, um, Spurs would have finished um, only three or four points off the pace. So I don't think we can – and look, I – I don't want it to sound like my bias, but I don't think we can really count them out. No, well, sitting here right now, would you would you would you call Tottenham a contender? Look, as Tim mentioned, Liverpool and City are definitely going to be the front runners. But if you're looking at the group behind them, um, I would actually suggest that Tottenham are probably leading that pack. Well, I'm back, just for the record. But um, I was going to say, they do, let's be honest, probably have the world's best striker in their squad still. And yep. means he's going to put a lot in the back net at times. And yeah, he's that's not, right. And not only the best striker in the league, he's probably one of the best assists as well. Assist and players. then he's got, um, and then you look at his partner, <clears throat> um, yeah, Yun Ming Son. They're actually, 
there's, there's still only not, uh, Kane's only about 28 years old himself and Son's a bit younger again. Feels like they've been around forever, but if you look back through the Premier League era, as far as, you know, combined goals and assists, they're actually the deadliest duo that the Premier League era has seen. Well, I and think they're, if, still, uh, they're still relatively young. If, if Tottenham... Um... If Tottenham can get out of the habit of sort of dropping points when they shouldn't drop points and beat who they have to beat. Conte um, will rectify that, though. I believe so. And, and uh, if, they can, if they can sneak a couple against the big boys, then they're right in with a shot. I, yeah, I, and there's I no would argue, that they shouldn't. I would argue at home they're going to be a serious danger to City and Liverpool. But away, but, different story. Let's let's look at the, the some of their signings though. So Kulosevsky, he's coming back again. <clears throat> Bentakor, they've made that loan uh, that that deal permanent. Um, Ivan Perisic is a bit of business that they got done very early in the window. Ooh, underrated uh, signing, all right. Let's not let's not um, just overlook that. Um, that's a guy that's won trophies everywhere he's been as well, um, and. Richarlison from Everton as well. That's that's a pretty big deal. That is a, that is a big deal. Um, Richarlison himself, um, he's only twenty three years old, uh, twenty five years old. So he's he's been around the Premier League a long time now, um, and he's a proven scorer. So Tottenham should be very deadly up top. Well, if you ask if you asked him, oh, would you prefer Jesus or Richarlison? Uh, I think Richarlison, yeah. Richarlison would top most people's list, I would have thought. So I'm actually I'm optimistic about Tottenham's chance. It'd just be interesting to see, and not just with them, but every team though, how they how they um, all come back from that World Cup break as well. That'll be be interesting to see how that takes shape. Is that a uh, two week break? To... Well, the World Cup goes for um, a month. A month, so... So it's a month's break uh, of no footy at that level. Yeah, yeah. What's so United, uh, Tim? So... Who? Uh, what, do, what, uh, what are you expecting from Ten Hag to start the season early? Who's he coaching? Forest Rangers? Sorry, Tim Sands, the usurper. <laughs> uh, all I can say yeah. is... If you're referring to the artist formerly known as Manchester United, they are dead to me. So, so, so when so they when come they, calling, so when, you're when not they're gonna... not winning titles anymore, it means they're dead to you. Is that, is that that's the I, I'm I was lucky enough to experience the King um, in the nineties, and I I think he needs to give him a jolly good frigging kick up the ass and come and um, tell the boys a few home truths because they are a disgrace. And I don't see us doing any better than probably top six. So you don't think Ten Hag is going to make any difference whatsoever? I think he will, but um, I don't see us improving on top six. We'll pro- I'm hoping he will instill a bit more consistency, but I think there's four or five teams that are ahead of us. Are you, upset I- are you upset at all about Ronaldo wanting out? Look, if we had the access of being able to get Josh to bit out what I'm about ready to say... Um, that would be great, but I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I'm not the least bit fucking worried. I just wish he would just fucking go. Like, seriously, if, mm. if he wants to go, go. Because he's giving mixed messages on social media. He's, sa- he's, he's saying it's the mainstream media making something out of nothing um, with some of these clubs that are meant to be interested in him and whatnot like that. And I actually think um, he's in a situation where no one actually wants him, apart from the yeah. club he's at. <clears throat> I, I, honestly, I think his best hope is MLS. Right. What, what has he got to offer a big European? Yeah, club? yeah. Look, let's be honest. When he when in his last couple of years at Real Madrid, they weren't they weren't competing for titles. And uh, Juventus, Juventus Juventus were competing for titles. In fact, they were winning them. But when he come on board, they didn't. But the other, but the other thing just, is... I'm, so... just pointing out, I'm just pointing out the facts here. And when he went to United, 
He was hailed as a saviour. Yep. <clears throat> We've just had a 10-minute call, too, just so you know. Yep. So, um, I was just going to say... Gareth Bale's taken off to the MLS, and I think that's probably where Ronaldo should look, should I, look at. I somewhat agree, but it makes him look like a bigger fool than he is if he's saying he wants to go to Champions League football and then he goes to the MLS. He might as well do his other year at United then go if that's going to be the case. Just just still talking about... I agree with that, yeah. But um, I, I, as I said, like he, his best option of staying in Europe is actually mm. staying with Manchester United because the market for him is not going to be as big as he thinks it is. Um, one signing for United that I like is they picked up Christian Eriksen on a free... And from all, yeah. from all accounts, that nuff nuff bloody um, Harry Maguire was delivered silver service onto his scone from about three foot out and still missed the goals. And that was from um, Mr. Erickson. But yeah, I think let's not let's not underestimate um, the improvement that he can bring to to them, especially in the attacking third. He's actually classy. All right, to wrap, oh. up the AP, wrap up the APL, boys, just give us your top four. Prospective top four right now. You want an order or do you just want to... No, in, in order, yeah. All right. I still think um, City, have, over the long run, have Liverpool narrowly covered. Not by much, but narrowly. Um, so I'll give them the edge. Liverpool are definitely the standout second, if not first. I wouldn't be surprised if they did finish above City, but I just think over the 38-round season, they might just have Liverpool's measure. Um, and then third, I'll actually go out on a limb and say Tottenham. And fourth, I'm going to actually go on another limb and say another bipolar team, Arsenal. Be cool. Yeah, as I said, I think Arsenal are going to be very much improved from last year. Um, they, well, they can't be as bad, can they, really? Let's be honest. Um, my table, I'm going to go... You can flip a coin between City and Liverpool. Um, I don't think it really matters. Um, I'll go City, Liverpool. I'm going to say Spurs for third. Um, and based on last year, um, may, maybe we can see a bit of a... bit of a... Um, break from the tradition, and maybe West Ham can can finally squeeze. I mean, they start. They had really good patches last year. They yeah, they, they, they finished they were, poorly though. They were looking top fourish. That's stage, right. Like, so yeah. So I think maybe maybe another year together, a bit more continuity. They can push for that top four. They always flirt with the top four around about Christmas, and then usually after Christmas, it drops away. Yeah, they do, but one thing that might help them, like I mentioned before, is the World Cup, which runs from November to December. Um, they probably won't have as many players at the World Cup as the other top five or six teams. So maybe maybe when they do come back, just that first month after the World Cup, they can maybe steal some points. All right. Okay. Um, well, I can't... I, my biased self would want to go Liverpool City, but my realistic self would be City Liverpool. So I'm going to roll with that. <coughs> City Liverpool, and I think Tottenham, and then United. Whoa! I mean, Whoa! You've been, you definitely have been on the wiki wicked weed. I think. What's um, in that glass? That looks <laughs> like wine, but what is it? You know what he's on? He's on. He's on the scooby He's on the Scooby Snacks in between the lines. <laughs> Bloody I'm not, not sure what he's on. I don't know. I think uh, <clears throat> I think Ten Hag can get him get him rolling at least up until Christmas. Uh, so who, who's the lad they've got up back that they've recruited too? Um, Ten Hag brought him in. I can't remember his name. I wish Josh was on with us. He'd know because he's um, recruited someone up back that's going to put pressure on. Um, Maguire and uh, Lindeback. I just can't remember the guy's name escapes me. That's all. No, you got you got Lindelof wrong. So Lindelof then. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, we, by the way, we've all of us have just totally neglected Chelsea, which are probably will end up. 
No, I don't rate them. I don't rate. Never have. Never will. I think you know what. Like they, they, they'll be up there, thereabouts. <clears throat> I mentioned them in a little bit of a spiel before. I just thought I'd, I'd say West Ham just to throw someone else in the mix. But yeah, I'd throw realistically, United, you know, United I was think, the one I was chucking. That, that, United was my throw in. So that four spot. That yeah. four spot will be wet. It'll be out of maybe West Ham, United. Chelsea, Arsenal. Just quickly looking at the odds with sports bet, you got City favourites ahead of Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, United, and Arsenal, and then the rest are at over a hundred dollars. So, yeah, we've had, if the new boys on the block, uh, Newcastle picked up anyone of note? No, uh, honestly, I didn't pay that much no. attention to Newcastle. Right, look, but you know what? They were they were okay <clears> last year. So, look. Maybe maybe they're a team that pushes for a top four, well, or top six. You know, they've got a bit of extra cash slaughter in. Mm. What we can what we can yeah. do, listeners, is um, we'll let the EPL play a couple of rounds, and then we might actually put a lot more focus on the actual league and do a bit more around that in the podcast. In the meantime, I may not be able to pronounce names like um, what was his name again? L- Lindelof. Lindelof, but. Borussia Mönchengladbach, I can say, which I have learned. And that's really all that matters. That is. So on the back of that, let's um, have a break and come back. And when we come back on the other side of the break, we will be discussing the last three rounds of the AFL or even maybe a projection of how the eight will finish. So um, I'll let you go. Have a another wine jeremy and a scooby snack or two and um i'll uh leave everyone be and we will reconvene very very soon Well, we are back after a long, hard-earned break, and we're going to hit the ball running with AFL. And first of all, we've got the question of the ages. And I will pose it to Woody first, then I'll give you my opinion, and then we will hear um, Jeremy's crocodile tears on the matter. And that is Selwood or Pendlebury? Hit us, Woody. Well, the both both just ticked over... 350 games, haven't they? So that's sort of the relevance there. Yeah. Um, both midfielders? Both midfielders. Uh, I think Pendlebury was taken a year in the draft before Salwood. Um, so let's just run through quickly a few of Joel Salwood's achievements. Three premierships, six All-Australians. Um, four AFL Players Association Most Courageous Players Awards, um, few club best and fairest in there. Only, th- only three apparently. But um, also two of those premierships. One of them was. I oh, know he wasn't a captain of a premiership team, was he? He was not a captain of a. No, I think no. he was for a minute. Um, Ling was the then, third yeah. one, wasn't he? He was Ling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Harley the first two, and then Ling. Um, Yep, so six All-Australians, three premierships, three best and fairest, four most courageous player awards. Then we go to Pendlebury, um, one premiership. He's got a Norm Smith medal, which Joel can't can't claim. Six All-Australians as well, five club best and fairest. Um, so, honestly, not much to pick from him. Um, I personally... Actually, before I go with who who I'm going to say is I prefer as the better player, I heard during the commentary, and it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone that it came from Brian Taylor, of all people, um, when they're talking about Joel Selwood, said, oh, you know, if you listen to his peers, they'll talk about him as the, <coughs> you know, the best Geelong player ever. Um, no, that's incorrect. He's, he's, there's no one. I think the the best player that Geelong's ever seen or ever will see has already played the game. Um, so 
Look, Joel Selwood has been a great player for Geelong, but let's <laughs> let's keep it all in check a bit, I think. I'll, I'll get in the limb here. I put Sam Newman in front of Joel Selwood as far as great Geelong players, but that's just me. Um, are you going to say... Yeah, so Joel Selwood's definitely not Geelong's greatest ever player. Um, is Scott <clears throat> Pendlebury Collingwood's best ever player? I think you can make a very strong case for that. Yeah, but, um, but then again, uh, maybe... Collingwood haven't had as great a superstars as what Geelong have over the journey. No, they haven't. They obviously haven't, but they've, you know, still won 14 premierships and lost 30-something grand finals or whatever it is. Um, See, a lot, so of, a lot of people... <laughs> obviously put, had a, I was going to say, a lot of people put Bob Rose up as um, Collingwood's greatest player ever. So has, yeah, he got, has, he gone, has he gone past Bob Rose is the question. Um, for me... <clears throat> If we just just boil it down to Selwood or Pendlebury, I'm gonna just give the edge to Pendlebury. Well, I'm a uh, bit different. Just, I, I honestly, I think, I just think Pendlebury. It's just a. a <clears throat> they're, they're a different <clears throat> type of player, though. Um, I just like the the cleanliness of um of Pendlebury. And then, honestly, there's not much to pick from between the two. Oh well, as far I, 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 I personally take Pendlebury. As far as the two go for me, um, I don't think you can actually separate them as footballers. I think they're just that close. But from my experience, and I have had the misfortune of running into Pendlebury out the front of the Melbourne City game, and to try and engage with him, it's like an effort. But I also have secondhand experience with people running into Joel Salwood in an airport, and, that, and he's absolutely obliging. So as far as a better bloke goes... It's Salwood every day of the week and then and twice on Sunday. And he's the one I'd have a beer with, and that's my judge of who the better player is. Look, that's <clears> a very important criteria too. Yeah, that's right. Now, I would love to hear Jeremy's opinion on this. Um, you've, you're basically, for whatever reasons or whatever formula it was, it's one and one. You're the separating vote, Jeremy. Uh, I don't think I'm qualified to answer this question, to be honest with you. Well, we're, we've gone with calling you biased. We want your honest opinion. I'll just because, before you do, just look. I've gone through a few stats, and you know, it just shows how close they've been across their whole careers. But they've both played three hundred and fifty games. Who who do you think has kicked the most goals? I would have thought Pendles off a, as a guess. Yeah, I'd say Pendles. It, it, there's not much between it. <coughs> Pendlebury, <coughs> this is I don't. This is as correct as of last week. Mm. Um, Pendlebury's kicked 185 goals and Selwood's kicked 171. So there's really nothing to pick between. I would have off the top of my head guessed Pendles had 30 more goals. Just, um, just on, you know, you know, the eye test watching the game but not keeping stats. That's actually quite interesting that they're that um, close. One, one stat that sets <clears> them apart, though, is Joel Selwood... Um, free kicks four? ...has... 427 more soft free kicks. Anyway, that's just a made-up stat. But uh, that's yeah, that uh, and, that, and that, <laughs> hey, as long as those free kicks got the ball going our way, then I'm... <laughs> so, all right, Jeremy, uh, we know you're a... Well, I won't say biased, but you're a... Your heart is Geelong. Um, realistically, trying to allow for the fact your heart's Geelong, who for you is the standout of the two or are they just that close? They're very, they're very close, but, uh, uh, and they both, they both sort of inspire their teammates, but in different ways, I think. Um, like Penderbury's just class and smooth and it's a different type of player. Um, there's a reason they call him De Pendlebury, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 his decision making and his and his skills and his um, overall awareness. I think he's got Joel covered on that. Uh, but just on, I don't know, just on sheer will and grit alone, I think Joel just shades him. Because I don't know, he's he's got it, 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 it's hard to say, it's hard to put that tangible into a stat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, honestly, there's <clears throat> look, we're, we're splitting hairs, really, aren't we? There's yeah. there's honestly no wrong answer. 
I, I think my answer was completely accurate. It comes down to who you'd have a beer with, Jez, and I'm pretty certain you'd be with me with Joel. So I think that sort of decided it. Um, we'll move on from one controversial subject to another, and this one is really a controversial one. And matter of fact, I did see on social media a Muppet that, um, well, Muppet's harsh. He's not a bad bloke. But um, a fellow that I'm friends with on Facebook, and I think you are too, Jez, it's one I, Collingwood, one Jason Scully, was commenting about um, what Koshy's come out and said about the prison uh, bars on and not being allowed to wear them. Um, I just thought it was no offence to the chap, but I just thought it was a typical Collingwood supporter's response. But for me, um, when I know they signed an agreement um and whatnot um when they first come into the afl woody and i have actually discussed this stuff um privately um prior anyway um the thing that gets me is when talking about the tradition of the jumper and that i know they signed off not to wear it but port adelaide were formed in 1870 they've won 36 premierships in the sample they Collingwood come around in um, 1892. So they've got a 22 year start on wearing the black and white. Collingwood seem to think they own the black and white. Um, Port were the Magpies, I believe, before Collingwood were the Magpies because they're 22 years older. Um, they weren't allowed to bring over on their premiership tally the Sample premierships, yet the VFL teams were allowed to bring over the VFL premierships into the AFL tally. Um, I just think the argument of tradition and whatnot like that goes out the door. Surely they can wear it uh, for home games if they want to. You know, um, they do it in other sports where, well, look, look, our two soccer teams are both red. Precisely. You know, why can't Collingwood wear an all-white jumper like everyone else when they play them at um, the Adelaide Oval? You know, well, why is- can't uh, why can't Port Adelaide wear a nice Beautiful salmon pink, like the Arsenal squad are wearing this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. Well, well, they could wear that when they play Collingwood at the G or at, um, <laughs> at Marvel. But that's my thoughts on it. I, I just think um, Eddie Maguire was being a rick with a silent P when he um, forced that agreement. And, um, yeah, and let's be honest, the guy's a cockhead. He's fucked up many a time. So maybe... It's time that we stop saying Kosh well, is yeah. full of noise. I don't, I don't get the hoo-ha. As long as you don't try to wear the prison bars when you play against Collingwood, I don't see the... If they, they play Collingwood once a year, right? Maybe twice sometimes. At least, yeah. At least um, once a year. Right. Um, as long as they don't wear it against Collingwood, why would it matter if they wear it 20 other times? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, uh, and that's the argument. Maybe it can't be worn against Collingwood, but then you know it's going to yeah. happen. They'll be the team. And let's be honest. Sir. I was going to say no, where, where, where it'll come down or problem. Imagine a Collingwood Port Grand Final and Port earned the right to wear their home strip and they're allowed to wear, normally wear for home games, the prison bars and Collingwood can't wear it. They're black and white in the Grand Final. Wouldn't that be a turn up for the books? I reckon uh, it would. I just think, do do you think, and obviously Tim's alluded to it, it was more of an Eddie Maguire thing early on. Do you think, Jeremy, um, Eddie Maguire actually cares if Port Adelaide wear black and white, or did you think it was just a way to get Collingwood's name out there more often? Oh, no, I think think he actually cares. I have heard him speak quite passionately, passionately, on the uh, subject before, so... But here, here's the thing, though, right? It's, they're, they're, they're two jumpers, the prison bars and Collingwood's jumper. They're completely different, right? You, you're not going to confuse one for the other, are you? You're not, no. And, um, and it's a still words from Koshy. Do Collingwood own the colours black and white? Well, that's what I was going to say. They don't own the colours. Um, no one owns any colour. But um, what, what two predominant colours does your team wear, Jeremy? Uh, blue or white? Would that be a navy blue? Navy blue. Um, there's a certain team that I'm quite partial to that also wear navy blue and white, and it's never really been an issue, has it? Not at all. Sometimes I like to call them the whites. 
But that is a good-looking top, though, that white one, I must admit. That is a very, very good-looking top. Anyway, though, what I, I honestly don't get what the the big controversy is. As Jeremy's already said, don't wear it against Collingwood, then what's the issue? No and, issue for me. And Collingwood pull the tradition stuff and that, and even that argument's not really of any substance why, when you look at why do, why do Collingwood get a say in it? That's right. Um, if we had a decent CEO of the league, or actually probably goes beyond the CEO, it's probably more aligned with the board of directors of the AFL. If they had some, um, you know, cast iron knackers between their legs, they'd tell Collingwood to grow up and let Port where they're... Tra- they only become Port Power because I'm guaranteeing that was probably a deal to get them in the AFL. They weren't allowed they, to come they, in as Port, Port right, Adelaide Magpies. And it essentially, is the <clears throat> there's no way that um, the AFL would have entertained um, a, a standalone, say, Port Adelaide bid to enter the AFL without the history of the Port Adelaide Magpies. That's right. And and as I said earlier, the, the question around how back in the day, VFL and Sandville, there wasn't a hell of a lot of difference in standard. Port have won 36 flags and they're not allowed to carry them over to their AFL tally. Yet, you know, Carlton, your beloved Carlton are on 16, none of which I believe are AFL. Well, one um, one was, in the AFL era. Which was 95. Um, which is actually coincidentally before Port Adelaide even entered the AFL. Yeah, like seriously, um, if you're going to allow the VFL ones, should we allow the sample ones? I think that might be another topic for another day, to be honest. Yeah, but but it's a valid. I think it's a, a, it's a valid question. Oh, look, it's a great it's a great um, topic for discussion, but. Um, <clears throat> I think yeah, we we uh, we might save that for another day. Actually, might even throw it out to social media and see what people think. And just be prepared, social media to be called Muppets if you don't agree with us. Anyway, <coughs> moving forward. And look, that's that's the other thing to keep in mind as well. We do we do engage a fair bit on social media, so just bear in mind you don't have to agree with us. You can just be wrong. Yep, that's right. You can basically be <laughs> um, Fozzie Bear. A Muppet. All right, so um, we will move uh, on. I always like to play devil's advocate, so I'll, I'll chuck one in for the, for, for the uh, left field. Oh, you, you'll for, have for a, the, left you, thinkers, huh. the lateral thinkers out there. Oh, well, you and your lateral thinkers will be wanting it to be um, the Bikini AFL uh, League or something, knowing you. Right, and last thing I want to see is grown men wearing bikinis playing AFL. Anyway. No, no, that's... That's very uh, non-inclusive of you in this day and age, Tim. It's also yeah, it's also very wise. Anyway, we'll move <laughs> on. I'm, hey, look, I'm sure Chad Warner would love it. Um, yeah. now, well, that's right. We'll move on. And we're moving on to our thoughts on... Oh, God, wait a minute. Uh, no, I'm still live. That's all right. Um, we'll move on to where, how we see the last couple of positions of the eight um, going. And I will move that on to good old... Woody to lead the discussion. Uh, before we start that discussion, Woody, um, would you call Carlton's performance on the weekend arrogant? Uh, I'd call it many things. That would be one of them. You think they? You think they just rocked up to Adelaide thinking we'll just get over the line against this mobby? Did you watch the game? Yeah. Did you see any anything resembling effort at all from Carlton? <clears throat> Not at all. Uh, Twenty-three broken tackles. Does that suggest arrogance and we just need to show up to win? Yeah. Um, what have Carlton done that allows them to be arrogant? Not a thing. They haven't even made, played finals in... Eight years, nine years. Yeah, eight, nine years, yeah. So, I, you know what? I'm gonna, you, you can't... They say it all the time, you know, if you're 10% off your game, anyone can beat you on an eager day. A lot of teams say that. It's actually true, as much as we hate hearing it repeated. Um if Geelong or Melbourne um, rocked up to Adelaide Oval last week and just expected to win, um, you could you could almost forgive them for that, couldn't you? Because they've earned that right. Geelong over the last 15 years, Melbourne over the last couple of years, they've earned that right to have a little bit of arrogance. Um, Carlton have done fuck all to, to prance around like they, they're somebody. So, yeah. 
they they started off eight and two. Um, they're a very real chance of missing the finals, and um, that that display on the weekend, um, it's just not good enough. That was oh, I watched the whole game, um, and I didn't need to buy a new TV after it. So I think I deserve it, a medal. Was that the most disappointing loss for the year? Oh, the most disappointing performance. Just there was nothing to like about it at all. Um, just. As I said, like it was an arrogant display, um, but they've got no reason to be arrogant because they've been the laughing stock of the competition for fifteen years. Yeah, good sides, good sides go in there and just take care of business, don't they? They do. And as I said, even if you, you could forgive Geelong for doing it, but at the end of the day, when it got to halfway through the third quarter, Geelong would have flicked a switch and said, "Hang on a minute." we actually need to take this seriously and, you know, put in a a quarter and a half effort and probably would have been good enough for them to win. But Carlton aren't good enough to do that. Um, So why they have the mindset of that is beyond me. And it's just embarrassing. An example, Woody, that I've seen of where Carlton's at, their star full forward, not the ones leading the um, Coleman this year, um, a set shot he should have taken the drop punt on yet again, snaps and Misses the misses the goals again. That that's where Carlton's at. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I think <clears throat> I think one one mistake was made at the selection table as well. Um, not picking Jack Silvani. Um, yeah, I thought that was yeah. rather strange. Yeah, um, but anyway, I would expect that he plays this week for sure. And you know what? In in the second or third quarter, when he come <clears throat> on, when he come on just before half time. Um, Carlton actually started to show a little bit, but by then the the momentum and everything was already with Adelaide. But mm. when you've got a barometer and the heart and soul player like that, you don't drop him for any reason. Mm. Yeah. But okay. anyway, let's move on to the last two positions to, of the eight. Yep. So the top six is going to be Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, Fremantle, Brisbane, and Collingwood in no particular order. Um, that's just likely the way it's going to play out. Um. I think 7th, 8th, and ninth is probably going to come down to Richmond, Bulldogs, and Carlton. Um, Richmond have a favourable draw. Bulldogs have an okay draw. Carlton, um, if they <clears throat> turn out in the next three weeks like they did um, against Adelaide on the weekend, they'll lose by an aggregate of about 160 points. Um I don't know if you guys did a little ladder predictor before this, but I've done it. I've done one. Um, I don't have Carlton winning another game based on the way they've played. Well, since the bye, really, they started eight and two and are now um, 12 and seven. Um, I don't don't want to say they will. I think they can beat Collingwood. I think think they can get one either of those. <coughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have them winning another game based on the last month's form, and it's not just an overreaction from this weekend. Um, I've actually got Richmond finishing seventh and the Bulldogs eighth, um, and Carlton drop out. I had the opposite. I had the Richmond eighth and Bulldogs seventh. Yeah, but you got <coughs> Carlton missing as well. Yeah, yeah. I tend to agree potentially, um, but. I do still think you may be um, discounting um, St Kilda a little bit. I know they'll probably lose this week at Geelong, but at Marvel, they're every chance against Sydney and Brisbane, or Brisbane and Sydney in that order. It's, it's a tough run, isn't it? You've got to play three top eight sides. Yeah, it's not, um, look, it's not, not impossible, but you're going to bloody deserve it if you do. Put it this oh, way. That's right. If, 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 if St Kilda make the finals, they've earned it. So there's no um, question marks over there. Can, them can I just say, there. too, um, even though we sort of let Hawthorne back in late, I must say, how often do you see a Ruckman get 30 possessions? Jeez, he's good in the Rowan Marshall. Was it 30 touches, 35 hit outs or something? Yep, that's something um, on that line. It's like, that's, yeah, um, that's, that's impressive. Sorry, sorry, Rowan. I've got to say that. For about six weeks in a row. I know, but I'm just saying that... He's that, teased it before, hasn't he? He's teased yeah. it before. That performance is probably even beyond the scope of the guy. I know it's not consistent, but that actual individual performance, 
is probably beyond the scope of the guy that we say is the Premier Ruckman. Like, I can't yeah. see Gorn getting 30 possessions. Oh, he's done it before, but Gorn, Gorn, is, he just gives you what he gives you week in, week out. That's what I mean. He's, he'll and kill Marshall on consistency at the moment. Oh, no, but... that's right. But we know <clears throat> we know Mar- Marshall's got it in him. We've seen it before, but we haven't seen it enough. No. And he's not going to get 30 possessions every week. Don't get me wrong. No. But if he turns out those sort of performances 16, 17, 18 times next year, um, St Kilda are going to be well on the way to probably being a top four side. And he could be well on the way to finishing high in the Brownlee medal if he does that. Oh, absolutely he could. Um, and, he, and he does have just, a – one thing he does do better than Gorn is kick goals. Yeah. Uh, we, but, um, yeah. We just need to see it more often. <clears throat> that's right. Are we, are we all the way out on Brisbane in terms of a flag fancy? I think yep. they I think they're gone as on the they've got to win it on the MCG and their uh, form just on the MCG. You know so what we're talking about. Just doesn't match about, up. We're talking about Carlton before and I don't know which one of you said that Carlton may beat Collingwood in the last round. Um, I think it was you, Tim. Um, no, it wasn't me, I, it was Jeremy. No, it wasn't. I, I, I think um, Collingwood okay. will pancher. Yeah, so do I. I actually think if Carlton's going to win any one of their last three games, it'll be this week against Brisbane. But yeah, yeah. I, I struggle to see you going up to the Gabba room. But that's what I mean. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. But if we did pinch one, it would be that one. Who you've got this week? Melbourne, is it? No, no, Brisbane up at the Gabba this week. Oh, and yeah. then Melbourne and, then, and Collingwood to right. finish up. Has Collingwood got Melbourne this week? That's right. They do on yep. Friday night. Yeah. That is a danger game for Melbourne. That Absolutely is it is. Genuine danger game. It's well, not that often yeah, well, say it's that. On Melbourne, it's on Melbourne to show... I think it's on Melbourne <clears throat> to show that last week wasn't a fluke. I just... But, uh, but we've seen flashes of that from Melbourne this year, like the real Melbourne. I don't think if, we've seen it for we haven't seen it for weeks on end. If you yeah, and Jez, if you go on current form of the top six, the grand finals Geelong and Collingwood. Look, yeah, current form doesn't is August doesn't really doesn't really matter. Oh, so. look, August form you start to have a closer look though because you're a matter of three weeks off finals. Oh, if you know, it's oh, a bit uh, different to the July form. Yeah, I, I just want to. Throw something else at you. I want to throw something else at you there. So, Collingwood have won 10 in a row, and the last six wins have all been by less than two goals, Mm -hmm. um, but not against what you would call quality opposition. That's why this is a great test for them this week. That's what I mean. Is this, we, we find a lot out about Collingwood this week. Tim's saying it's a danger game for Melbourne. I don't think a loss here changes Melbourne's premiership prospects. Um, a <clears> loss here, a big loss to Collingwood, though, if Collingwood did get smashed, um, that probably dents their confidence coming into the finals because I think we find out where they're really at this week. Well, maybe I should rephrase that. It's a danger game for uh, Carlton because if Collingwood actually win, Carlton are going to lose by 100 points against Melbourne in the week Collingwood, after. If, if Collingwood win, they go second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> outright second. Um, and just on Collingwood, I want to throw something out there. A bit left field um, or a bit off topic, not on our agenda at all. Um, Josh Dacos for an all-Australian wing position. Josh Dacos, not Nick. Not Nick, Josh Dacos. Now, Josh he, is he, the... Sensational. Is Josh He's the older one. Oh, the older one. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, he actually he has been he has been he, flying under the radar a bit. He has been brilliant. Attention. He has yeah. been brilliant this year. Will he snag yeah. some Brownlow votes? Uh, they'll both get Brownlow votes. Mm, interesting. Well, we've had the ten minute warning, and we've got about eight left. So, is there any other burning topics in football at the moment? I, I've got a question without notice, Woody. <clears throat> Would you like to see? You know, you know, in you know how in rugby league you got someone who's a free agent and they decide just mid season they're gonna sign with another team next year. Yep. It's foreign to us as AFL supporters. 
Yeah, happens. Well, I'm referring to sort of Luke Jackson, and it's pretty. And he's like everyone and his mother thinks he's a lady and is there to go to go to free yep. next year. Yeah. Should he just announce it? Um, I personally wouldn't have an issue with it. Um, nine, 99 point, however many nines you want to put after that percent of the football public would absolutely hate it. Melbourne fans, would, that, yeah. Melbourne fans would call for him to get dropped straight away and just be outcast from the club immediately. Um, I don't have an issue with it. Let, yeah. let's, let's forget. Can we stop pretending? And people have been doing it for a long time. Can we stop pretending that loyalty in the AFL exists? Loyalty in any professional sport does not exist. Mm. It hasn't um, for a just long on time. That, just on that, what do you look? We've gone back down the path of mid-season drafts and stuff like that again. Why not be able to announce that you're going to go to another club? I, I mean, agree. I'm actually you know. I'm in a minority <clears throat> here, um, but I, I think let's let's not have a mid-season draft. Trade let's, let's have a mid-season trade period. Yeah. Mm. Let, let's do, if we get, there's no point dipping your toe in the player movement water mid-season like they have with a mid-season draft. <clears throat> um, because the the only thing that does. Um, there's not too many guys from the mid-season draft that actually back it up and get a contract the next year or the next year, mm. is there really? Um, all that does is just hurts the state leagues. Let's mm. just get rid of the mid-season draft and let's have a mid-season trade period. Well, let, now, let's forget, all, let's forget all the Melbourne supporters baying for blood if Jackson says, all right, I'm going to announce <coughs> I'm going to go. Mm. Will that actually lift a bit of a weight off the club's shoulder this season, <laughs> I think it would. And that, let's be, and, and you know what? If if that did happen, say he announced it, um, it's not going to happen. But hypothetically, let's say it did. He announces this week, I'm going to Freo next year, um, or you know, announces that that's where he wants to go. Obviously, with the AFL rules, he can't say that a deal's been done, all that sort of stuff. Um, as simple as it is in NRL, um, you'd actually learn a fair bit about the character of the bloke himself, whether he actually puts in and mm. is still committed to me. And that, that's what we see with the NRL players. They announce mid-season they're going to play somewhere else next year. But that doesn't stop them from giving mm. everything to their current club for the rest of the year, does it? They still mm. put in. Now, just, just on that port, it's not port, Fremantle, Melbourne sort of potential of him leaving and going there, what were the thoughts of the um, jumper gates that took place in the um, tunnel running out? Is it, well, that's just an example of the um, mindset that AFL supporters are in. It actually probably gives a bit of credence to the fact you were saying, Jeremy, about um, is it playing <laughs> on the minds of people at the club and whatever? Because Melksham's seen that Frio jumper with Jackson on it and um, he's just chucked it straight on the ground. And you yeah, know exactly. what, though? From, from, from that fan's perspective, um, what a brilliant move that is from the Frio fans. Well, get oh, that's off to it. Well, that was great. Yeah, how much did brilliant. that fan, though, cop from um, a lot of heroes going on about, you know, good on you, Melksham, blah, 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 for doing what he did? To me, if I was his coach, I would have pulled him aside after the game and gone, mate, he's in your head. Like That's the, right. Let's, the, let's focus on the, the game. game. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Uh, and but, I think we were, a lot of people were quick to overlook the fact that supporter got in his head. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely <clears throat> brilliant from the Fremantle. I agree with you 100%. Mm. Um, brilliant from the Fremantle supporter perspective, um, getting in Melksham's head. But as you said... Um, the game hasn't even started, and um, Melksham's mind's already um, wandering somewhere else. Yeah, that's why it might uh, it might it might lift a lift a burden off the club if Jackson just says, "Right, look, I'm going." Yeah, <clears throat> um, let's try and get this done. <clears throat> if he walks out of Melbourne this year with a second premiership, how can any of the supporters say, "Like begrudge yeah, That's right. Um, and let's yeah. be honest, he he played a big part in last year's grand final win. Yep. Um, yep. What what's he worth though? Not I'm not, um, not talking about monetary value. Well, I'm talking of time value. Well, well, we need to make Freo, this quick. Freo would have to get some draft capital. <clears throat> no, no, no. Let let let's assume that they've got it. Okay. Just what what, what would what would he it? be worth? What what would he be worth? 
to any well, club. Let's not say well, Fremantle specifically, but if someone wants Luke Jackson, what's he worth at the trade? Oh, well, so what does GWS get for Jeremy? <coughs> Three first rounders. All right, um, that's overs we'll though. Which would, would, would yep. you say? Yeah, overs for us. Um, would would you say? Uh, <coughs> would you say Jackson, with his age profile and his trajectory, would be be on on about that far? Um, no, I would say his trajectory. If we look from last year to this year, he's actually stagnated. So his trajectory <coughs> um, <coughs> probably isn't. He hasn't really going up. I, I, I don't know what he got. He got, was a pick five or six something initially, mm. wasn't he? Um, yeah. I, I honestly think maybe he's worth a top ten pick in a in a second round. Yeah, I was thinking that myself. Um, maybe we need to put that to social media and get discussion there because our time is ticking. And on the Zaggy too. We we are yes. Um, yes. I, I would like to um, let everyone know that. Um, Good old Josh Watson will be doing our editing yet again. Absolute gem, our uh, producer slash editor. He'll be using the fine velvet tones of Zaggy 2. And um, Woody, what are our social media lines from the Hit Us Up? <coughs> um, <coughs> Facebook, NPO Sports. Just search for that on there. Um, and on Twitter at NPO underscore sport. Um, get a bit of engagement on there. So... So keep sending through right, anything and really, even a bit of banter, whatever it is. Just and Woody, up. who is the ultimate club side in the world game? I would just—it's a question without notice, but off the top of my head, I'm just going to say Borussia Mönchengladbach. Nailed it. And also, listeners, before we go, get on social media and force Jeremy Wharf to buy one of the tops and follow Heed with his fellow podcasters. All right, it's bye from me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, and good luck, Rick Flair, in your last match. And also, um, RIP Bill Russell, legend of the basketball world. <laughs>